Stephanie and Dick. I want to thank you guys so much for playing and singing. That was awesome. And Chris and Todd, thank you guys so very much for sharing. Um, I'm going to put a handful of people on the spot, but as uh, one of the terms we use here at Woodbine is legacy members, and those are the members who were part of Woodbine Baptist Church before the merge. So if you are a legacy member, I want to ask you to please stand real quick. So if you're a part of Woodbine Baptist before the merge, please stand. And I want the rest of us to... Don't sit down yet. Don't sit down. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's pray for them. Let's pray for you guys. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for these dear brothers and sisters and for all that you do in their lives and for their great faithfulness here. Uh, Lord, just as looking at pictures and hearing Todd share, uh, we thank you for how you have worked in and through their lives for many years. Uh, Father, several of them have had incredible leadership roles here over the decades, and they stayed faithful to you, loving you, and you've used them to give all of us the opportunity to come here freely today to worship you, Jesus, because you are worthy. And Father, we pray your great blessing upon them today, and we ask these things in your precious name, Jesus. Amen and amen. All right, you guys may be seated. If you don't know any of them, I want to encourage this side of the room, y'all in the middle, to uh, mess me up in the weeks to come. Sit over there. Seriously, invite them out to eat. Uh, they have an incredible story of God's faithfulness in their lives, and it's awesome. So get to know them. Cross the aisle and get to know them. Uh, a couple announcements before we go on. We've been talking a whole lot about finding our way. True North, and we've covered some pretty deep topics. They've been very challenging for me to preach on. Race, racial reconciliation, politics, gender, sexuality, and I'm going to do a couple public service announcements today. I've got a book that I've got five of them here up front called 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. It'll be based off of today's sermon. Uh, these five books are for free. You can, you're allowed to take one, but if you want it, you can come get it after the service. The second one is called The Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert. It's by a lady named Rosaria Butterfield. I read this book a couple years ago. It has radically touched me in deep, powerful ways. Uh, this will be based off the past two weeks of gender and sexuality. I won't share anything about who Rosaria is, but this book is powerful. It's unbelievable. And so there's five copies up here. So if you were here last Sunday or the week before, if you want a copy, it is yours. But things she says in that are unbelievable, and I myself have experienced in many deep, profound ways. So they're all yours when you want to get it. Also, starting next Sunday, uh, there's going to be almost a month, and we're calling it Activate. If you remember Awaken back in February where we fasted and prayed as a church for a month, well, starting next Sunday, we'll be praying and fasting for a month. Jacob Bell, who's been at Lachlan Springs for the, this whole past year, he and several others have been working on this. But it's the month of October of prayer and fasting for our churches, for our city. And so there are several flyers in the back. They look like this, activate. They're on the two black tables there. Prayer and fasting. I got to ask a question. How many of you all have heard a sermon on a Sunday morning about fasting? Raise your hand. All right, quite a few. Why don't we fast? 
with fasting, there's unbelievable amounts of power, spiritual power and insight, prayer and fasting. We don't fast because we love to eat. I'm already starting the second sermon, so I'll quit. But over the next month, as a family of churches, we will spend this focused time of prayer and fasting. There are this, these little bitty booklets on the back two black tables on both sides. They're the same thing. Copies in English. And you can see this book. I mean, it is so, so thick. You could read it in about 10 minutes. It's by Bill Bright. And then here is Copias en Español. So I don't have it in Chinese. I'm sorry. But this talks about how to get started with fasting. Fasting can be extremely complicated. I've preached on it before in the past. But if we do not live out a lifestyle of fasting, regular fasting, we need to ask why. Because we're commanded to fast. We need to be fasting to grow in our intimacy with the Lord Jesus and as a community, as a fellowship. So if you want information about that, you can go get it. Boy, it's just nothing but announcements. It's almost 12 o'clock. We are not going to beat the Methodists or the Episcopalians to the buffet. But my sermon today, it's finding our way. True North with technology. So if you have a smartphone or access to a smartphone, raise your hand. Here's the sermon today. Take your smartphone, break it in half, throw it away. It's from the devil. Jesus' name, we're dismissed. No, that's not true. We have been talking a lot about these issues. And before we dive into technology, because the temptation for me is to, ah, it's from the devil, throw it away. When I went to Mexico, internet was just getting started. It cost us $10 to download our emails once a day, and that took about two minutes. And that was after being in Mexico for five years. Four years, sorry, because Christy and I were still dating. The people on my street, we didn't even have running water in our buildings my first year there. And when I left this country, internet did not exist. And when I came back, everybody's got a smartphone. Technology is changing radically. But before we dive into this, there's a couple bullet points I want us to look at when we deal with race and racial reconciliation, gender, sexuality, and even technology. And Chris, do you mind putting this on the board? The first thing I want you guys to remember is we need to run to the scriptures and submit to the scriptures in everything we do and we are. Remember the West Wing quadrilateral? What's on the bottom? Scripture. We need to, everything we do, we need to go, what does scripture say? And then we need to submit to it. The second one is this. We need to be good listeners to those who disagree with us, especially those of other races, people who have lifestyles and beliefs about lifestyles and sexuality and gender that are very different than what we believe. We need to become very good listeners. The other one is this. We need to love those who live differently or believe differently than we do. The Pharisees nicknamed Jesus as friend of sinners, and that was not a compliment but as we follow our master, our savior, and our king, we need to be known as friend of sinners. People will not care how much we know until they know how much we care. And we need to love people where they are regardless if they ever put their faith in Jesus or not. We need to be instruments of his love. Now that doesn't mean we don't speak hard truth. But we need to speak it in a way that they can truly hear us. And we need to be bold and courageous and humble all at the same time. The next one is this. We truly need to believe in the power of the gospel. 
The gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. And last, the power of prayer. Prayer and faith move mountains and transform people and communities, societies, and nations. So these are bullet points that we always need to remember. Technology. When I went to Mexico 25 years ago, the family I lived with, they had TV, but there was no cable TV. And I already told you, there weren't smartphones. There was no internet. And the first year that I lived with this family, we would spend two, three, four hours a day just sitting around the table talking. And the fellowship was amazing. It was unbelievable how we as a family, and I'd watch this family, how they would talk. And their kids were all super educated, smart and sharp. One of the kids now oversees this huge factory down in Mexico. He's a brilliant young man. And I would see how much we would talk and how much we would commute and the laughter that the father had with his two kids and the wife and the son and daughter. And I was like, man, I've never experienced this type of fellowship before. They got cable TV. And within six months, we were no longer sitting around the table talking. Everyone was watching their own TV in their own room. And that's just cable TV. Americans to this day, I'd probably say Mexicans too, watch up to five hours a day of TV still. That's just TV. I've got numerous, I was looking up all types of stuff online this week just about technology. 60%, and we have a teenager problem in this country. So teens, pay attention. Stevie, I'm not pointing to you, nor you, Wayne. 60% of teenagers say that the phone, the smartphone, is a major problem for their age group today. Children from age 8 to 12 years old spend six hours a day on their devices. Children between the ages of 0 to 8 years old spend 50 minutes a day on their devices. Teens spend up to nine hours a day online. Think about it. Teenagers will send about 3,000 texts a month. That is one text every six minutes. Teenagers are expressing higher rates of depression and loneliness the more time they spend on their phones. Despite the fact that 81% of them say that their phones make them feel more connected. 72% of parents say their teen is sometimes or often distracted by their phone while having real-life conversations. 71% of all parents say their teens are distracted when they're trying to have real-life conversations. So all the parents are like, you see? You see? But guess what the teenagers are saying? They say that 51% of their parents do the same. That's true, should I? Wow. Adults, you're not so far behind. Americans, the average American will spend 64 and a half minutes a day on Facebook and 48 minutes a day on Instagram. Millennials will spend 5.7 hours a day on their devices. Boomers, who are older than 48, spend five hours a day on their devices. Some of our legacy members are going, whoo, it ain't me. Because they've told me they don't have smartphones. But as we've shown at the show of hands, almost all of us do. 
adults look at their phones 160 times a day. That is once every six minutes. People will check emails 20 to 30 times an hour. And yet 82% of us think that our personal usage is below the national average. So we're deceiving ourselves. I've checked my screen time on my phone, and I fall right into all this. After coming back here, when in Mexico, I'd get about 10 emails a day. I get about 70 emails a day now from just work. And I felt like I was getting drugged because my brain was being consumed with information. Today, the average adult will consume five times more information every day than we were 50 years ago. My hope in the next six minutes <laughs> is to look in Philippians 4.8. Open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 4. It's a tiny verse. If you've got plans to beat the Methodists, you might as well go ahead and leave now. I will try to go as fast as I can and talk like the chipmunks. Let's stand. Philippians chapter 4. But you know what? Everything that Chris and Todd said is worth it. We are commanded all throughout Scripture to remember. So we'll trust Jesus for this time. So Chris and Todd, I am not picking on you guys one bit. So please forgive me if you think I am. Not at all. Philippians 4, 1 through 8. So then, my dearly loved and longed for brothers and sisters, my joy and my crown, in this manner stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I urge Yoidia and I urge Cynthia to agree in the Lord. Yes, I also ask you, true partner, to help these women who have contended for the gospel at my side, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And here's the verse for us today, based off of technology, media. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence and if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you. May my words, though brief, be your words and may you, Holy Spirit, use your written words so that we would truly encounter you, Jesus, the living word so that you, Heavenly Father, are glorified in everything that we say and do. Father, we thank you for technology. For some of us, it's very scary how fast everything is changing. And yet, Lord Jesus, you use all things for our good, for those who love you and who are called according to your purposes. And all truth is your truth. And so may you have your way amongst us today. For the glory of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. Here in Philippians chapter 4, Paul is in prison. And he writes the Philippians because they were so concerned for him for being in prison for the gospel's sake. This is one of the few letters that Paul wrote that he was not rebuking or exhorting the church. The Philippians were all in with Paul. 
They loved Paul dearly, and they sent a man that was part of the Philippian church with money and food and clothes and encouragement to Paul. And out of response, Paul wrote back to the Philippians saying, thank you. And here in verse 1, he says, you're my joy and you're my crown. He says, stand firm in the Lord. And then he goes on and he actually does rebuke a couple ladies here. Could you imagine if your name was written in the Bible for a rebuke? Yoidia, and I know I can't even pronounce her name. Sintiche, Sintiche, I don't know how to pronounce her name. But these two ladies, they were co-laborers with Paul, and yet they found themselves at odds with each other, fighting so much that Paul had to step in and said, Hey, and reconciliation is part of the gospel. It is the gospel. And Paul is telling these two ladies, You guys come together again. Quit fighting. And then he tells some co-laborer, we don't know who he is, but he mentions this fellow worker. Work with these two women so that there's reconciliation. All of us, if we love Jesus, we are ambassadors and ministers of reconciliation. First with Christ, and then with one another. We're all called to work for reconciliation. And then Paul goes on, he says in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord. I'll say it again, rejoice. He says it in chapter 3, verse 1. Rejoice. Not in your circumstances. Not in what you're getting, but in who? The Lord. He is the fountain of life. He is the life giver. We were created for Him, and we need to learn how to put all of our focus and efforts and just our energies upon Him and who He is because He's worthy. And then the most underlined verses in all of Scripture, verse 6 and 7, they've done studies, and these two verses, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, are underlined more than any other passage in all of Scripture. Do not be... Anxious about anything. Who here struggles with worry? Why do we worry? And we express our hope. We're really not expressing hope. We're usually expressing fear. And Paul commands us, do not be anxious. Do not worry about what? How much? Anything. But with prayer and petition. With what? Thanksgiving. Because with Thanksgiving, we enter God's presence. We should always begin every single our day, not with the cell phone. I would bet... Dollars to donuts, which is a phrase that doesn't make sense to me. But I bet my house that 80% of us, the very first thing we do is we look at our cell phone when we wake up. And I'm not talking about turning off the alarm. That's the very first thing we do. We don't enter God's presence through our cell phone. We enter His presence through thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. And then here it is. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, think about such things. Dwell upon these things. I love the word dwell. Real quickly, just the definition of these words. What does true and honorable and noble and right and pure and lovely mean? True means this. What is honest and reliable. Noble refers to what is dignified and worthy of respect. Right. Some of us love to be right. We love to be so right that we'll be dead right with it. But right refers to conformity to God's standards. Pure is what is wholesome, not mixed with moral impurity. Lovely 
speaks of what promotes peace rather than conflict. Is your life a life that promotes peace or conflict? Going back to this, the stuff you write on internet, on Facebook, Instagram, you're texting your emails, does it promote peace and reconciliation or are you spewing garbage and arrogance? I spy on some of you on Facebook and Instagram. I do. And some of you should be confronted. It's easy to sit behind a screen and spew garbage. But is it Christ-like? Would you say the same thing to their face? No, you wouldn't. And I'm getting all fired up and I'm not even sure why. If you're new, I usually don't preach this way. (laughs) But the garbage we look at on this thing or on our computer or even what we say and the amount of time spent, we've already read how much time we spent on this thing. I spend up to five hours on this dumb thing. And I can justify it. Half of it's music because I exercise or when I'm doing stuff. But how much time and, the, and our youth tell us that they feel more lonely today than they ever have and yet they spend up to nine hours on their devices every day. When we're bored, what do we do? I know I'll tell you what I do. Let's check on Facebook. But here's the deal. The companies, Amazon, Google, YouTube, Apple, all the other companies. I need to be careful what I say. As humans, we long for information, new information. And when we get new information, our brain produces dopamine, which is a chemical that our brain produces that makes us feel happy and it makes us desire even more. It produces it when we eat a good piece of pizza or have a good bowl of ice cream or watch a good music movie or listen to a good song. Our brain will produce dopamine. That's why people get addicted to drugs. And scientists have found out that even with Facebook or Instagram, likes on our phone, likes on our computer produces dopamine in the person. Oh, wow, I got a like. Oh, wow. I saw with someone this morning and they said they would go back and scroll back to see how many people liked their post. And so then when we're bored, we'll go back and see, what do I got? What do I got? Was any good news? Anything happened? Anything happened? Oh, man. I saw a cartoon and it was a cartoon and it was these angels up in heaven. And one saying the other, man, I don't know what the deal is, but all these people that have been coming up lately, they're walking around like this all the time, staring at their hand. And technology in and of itself is not evil and it's not bad. But it sure isn't neutral. And all these companies know it. And the programmers, and I was telling Aspen, I think I'm not a computer whiz, so sorry. But these companies and the computer companies, it's all about the Benjamins and dead presidents. It's about money. And these companies long for us to stay on their websites, buy their products, and they've learned how to manipulate the system with something called algorithms, which is basically the recipe on how things are programmed to keep us hooked and on their stuff. Have you noticed if you watch a YouTube video, at the end of the video, it'll be suggestions. And they're similar to what you just saw, because they realize Ooh, they looked at this about UT football. Let's show them a couple more videos about UT football. 
He loved cooking how to bake cookies. Oh, let's show him four more videos on how cookies are. And the likes and the way the apps are made and the notifications, it's all to keep us hooked and drugged on technology. Like I said at the beginning, the temptation is just toss it out. Or maybe God has called us to be salt and light. How can we use the technology that is happening and changing so fast? How can we use it to grow in our intimacy with the Lord Jesus, with one another, and to bring great glory to his name and everything that we say and do? Instead of spewing filth and garbage and anger and hate and anything else in our personal agenda behind a screen, we use it to bring great glory and love and reconciliation. And for most of us, it is actually to put this thing down and say no and begin to invest in family and friends and relationships. And may our hearts and our minds be filled with verse 8. Do you know that verse 8 is actually kind of a replica of the fruit of the Spirit, which is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control? And who epitomizes this? Our King Jesus. In October, we'll be talking a whole lot about the greatest commandment. The greatest commandment is to love our Heavenly Father, is to love God with all of our mind, heart, body, soul, strength, with everything that we are. Technologies and our devices, our cell phones, are truly changing us. And for almost all of us, it's not for the better. And instead of allowing our devices to control us through the power of Holy Spirit, we need to control it. And the temptation will be just throw it all out. But I say no. Let's figure out a way to get involved with technology in a way that honors the Lord Jesus and quit using it as a drug. For some of us, we actually probably need professional help. For some of us, we probably need incredible help on how to shepherd our own children. And a lot of that starts with our own personal example. In closing, let me find my notes. There's five things I want to encourage all of us to do. The first one is this. Limit social media as much as possible. Put on your cell phone, put it on airplane mode, or just turn it off at 9 p.m., maybe 8 p.m. I'm trying to get real practical here. Enable the iPhone screen time function, or if you have one of the other type of phones, <clears throat> I won't say names, that actually will track how much time you spend on your phone and with what? Number four, instead of checking your phone when you're out and about or bored, breathe. Sit and do nothing except listen to Holy Spirit. Number five, find an accountability partner to walk with you. Some of us 
need drastic lifestyle changes. And we cannot do it on our own. One of my favorite verses is Romans 12, 1 and 2. Let's stand. I'm going to read it. Romans 12, 1 and 2. This is my prayer for all of us. And Dick, if you guys don't mind, Mel, coming on up. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I want to encourage all of you to adopt these two verses as your life verse for the next four months into 2019. Paul is sharing, and he says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies, which includes everything we are, everything we think, everything we feel, feel, everything we do, as whole as what? As living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age. I read you tons of stats about the conformity of this age. Let's not conform to that. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind? With God's written word as we encounter the living word, Jesus. So that you may be able to discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. If you need prayer, members of our prayer team will be over here to your right. We would love to pray with you. If your lifestyle has not been honoring to the Lord with your cell phone, maybe you ought to throw it away and get a flip phone. They still exist. Or maybe you do need just prayer and some healthy accountability. Find a dear brother or sister who can hold you accountable. We're going to close with a song. Y'all have a wonderful afternoon.